podcasters assemble. Hello, Troy, and everybody out there. Uh, my name is Steve Guntley. I'm one of the hosts of the Ultra 64 podcast. Hi, this is Arjuna Gonzalez from Thoughts from the Level Edit. This is Troidal Power from the Power Playthroughs podcast. I am the Robo Gonzalez 9001. Hey, everyone. This is Becky, Troy's wife. Hi, I'm Jason from the Drinkopedia pod. Hey, everyone. It's Rob here, your friendly neighborhood comic geek. And this is Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. I feel like this movie really doesn't get its due. I think it's one of the best Marvel movies. It's one of the shortest and most direct and most visually inventive of the entire series. But people don't really talk about it as much. And uh, I want to change that a little bit. I think this movie is fantastic. I think we were really excited, all excited, uh, because it's the first real introduction to magic. Again, I think it's been explained in the MCU that Thor's magic is science that is beyond Tony Stark's understanding or Earthling's understanding. Whereas this as far as we know, is bona fide magic. It's just, I can do anything based on anything because the power of belief and a young girl's heart. And I'd love to see how this affects the future of the MCU, especially as with the the end of Endgame and the end of this era, according to Kevin Feige, we're going to be getting into bigger, crazier stuff for the MCU. I really like Doctor Strange. I think Doctor Strange is an underrated movie. I think that the the basic story of it is, nah, it's okay, it's fine. It's kind of the same thing we've seen before about, like, kind of a jerk hero learns that maybe there's more to life than just being a jerk, and so he becomes a hero. But that doesn't mean it's bad. I think uh, this was very much the special effects heavy film even though the other ones certainly have a lot. Like, this is the, we're going to go crazy on visuals. And I think if they didn't, I don't know that all of the magic would have sold as well as it did. So I was really happy that it did. If you know anything about my video game work, folding matter in the mirror dimension and all of those special effects involved in that, and non-Euclidean spaces and fancy particle effects, this movie is my aesthetic. I love it. I mean, I was gushing about the CG in the first Thor movie, but this is, like, to the nth degree on that stuff. The movie gets started with the mystical right away, where we see uh, Cassius? 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 What's his name? We see Mads Mikkelsen... Uh, chopping off a librarian's head and stealing a book. And my wife pointed out something that hadn't occurred to me before. When uh, the head got cut off, she goes, why'd they cut off his head? Don't know. They they come in there. They, like, surround the librarian. They string him up with a bunch of magical whips. And then Mads Mikkelsen pulls out two, like, knife hatchet things and chops the dude's head off. 
That seems very unnecessary. My favorite villain moment, obviously, Marvel doesn't have the best track record with villains, and uh, they have Mads Mikkelsen in here playing Kaecilius, and I think he does an okay job. I think he does an okay job with uh, the, the limited amount he gets. So once the librarian has been decapitated, Mads Mikkelsen steals a couple pages from a book, and he leaves with his cronies while uh, the Ancient One goes in pursuit. First they jump to, I assume it's New York City. It's the Marvel Universe, so it's probably New York City. And the Ancient One follows him there, and we get a cool Mirror Dimension battle. These were, the, the Mirror Dimension stuff was all over the trailers for this movie, and gosh, I wish it wasn't, because it would have been so much cooler to see these things for the first time on the big screen. But hey, you know what? It still looks really cool. The buildings are all flipping all over the place. It kind of feels like it has a Steamwork vibe to me, because it seems like they turn buildings into like gears and cogs that are spinning around. But it looks really good here, and it looks really good when it happens later on in the movie. That was the first action scene to make me think, I want to model something like that or make something like that work in Unity of any of these movies. And it's a cool way for us to see, like, a really impressive display of what magic can do so early in the film. And after Mads Mikkelsen and his cronies get away, we jump back to the mundane and meet Dr. Stephen Strange. He's a rich, arrogant, a-hole doctor, brain surgeon, neuroscientist, and he's a jerk and we hate him. And that's pretty much all you need to know about Dr. Stephen Strange before the movie gets started. Uh, then he crashes his car real good and busts up his hands and can no longer do any doctoring. Having been let down by all the Western medicine available to him, uh, Doctor Strange sets out to pursue uh, more alternative methods, which ends up taking him to the Ancient One's doorstep. Uh, there were issues of the fact that they cast Tilda Swinton as the Ancient One instead of in the comics. It's actually an, an elderly East Asian man. Um, so I, I know there was some some whitewashing accusations that were being made. He is introduced to to magic uh and and the way he's introduced is in this great scene where you know she's given him a little bit of tea and he's being all dismissive about eastern medicine she being the ancient one played by tilda swinton punches dr strange out of his body and we see his astral form floating behind him for a couple seconds and then she sucks it back into him and he goes what's in this tea she goes nothing a little bit of honey I love the visuals in this movie. They went full crazy Ditko, insane, diving through different dimensions. It looked like a Ditko comic, and I really, really enjoyed it. I know some people maybe thought it was too much. And then she sends him on the craziest roller coaster ride ever where he's just flying through all sorts of weird, distorted dimensions. It's super messed up. Uh, most of it looks really, really cool. There's a bit where he's looking at his hand and little hands grow out of his hands and then his face turns into hands and I hate it. I hate that part so much. But for the most part, this looks really cool and it's a nice, like, just crazy 60s, like, it looks like a 60s psychedelic comic book ride. And it's really, really great. I love the visuals in this movie. They're just outstanding. 
My favorite line of dialogue would be after Doctor Strange has been kicked out of Kamartage and uh, Mordo is trying to convince the Ancient One to let him back in. And she's like, oh, I can't bring another gifted student to power only to lose him to the dark side. And Mordo says, you didn't lose me. I wanted the power to defeat my enemies, and you gave me the power to defeat my demons. And the Ancient One says, We never lose our demons, Mordo. We only learn to live above them. I really like that because it's very prophetic about what happens to Mordo over the course of this movie. The training montage is pretty typical for me. I mean, nothing really stands out. It's it's predictable, I guess, is the problem. Like, Doctor Strange has a lot of problems learning to use his powers, and he's studying really hard, but he doesn't really believe in himself, so he just can't. And so the Ancient One takes him to the top of a mountain and leaves him there, and he's got to get back on his own, and then it'll prove to himself that he's capable. And it's just, you know, yeah, okay. It is what it is. It's not bad. It's just, it's kind of typical, you know? Predictable. We've seen, you know, up to this point, like seven different origin films. And I think it's gotten formulaic. I think that's a valid concern slash critique of the MCU is when we have an origin film, it's pretty much the same thing, right? Where I think Stephen Strange has this character development that is attempting to be a little bit more fleshed out, do a little bit more in a little bit less time than the other origin films. It's pretty samey. I'll give it that. But the fact that there's this Tony Stark-like character who is arrogant, who is hyper-intelligent, who thinks he's above everything else, and he's humbled so greatly by something so beyond us. Tony Stark gets humbled by his own machinations. Doctor Strange is humbled by the fact that he is definitively a speck on this tiny little Earth in this tiny little universe that is filled with multiple universes. Like, he has an understanding of this concept that is being introduced, magic, uh, to the Marvel Cinematic Universe that is beyond almost any other character's comprehension. Like, even that of Thor, because Thor's science, he's, he's, he's science to the point where it seems like magic, but Dr. Stephen Strange is magic. Like, he can just pull things out of nowhere. And to understand that from, like, a point of, like, I know where the liver is, da, is, I think, more interesting than what we've seen before. My favorite hero moment is a little ways into the movie where Doctor Strange wants to learn about astral projection. And Wong tells him that he's not ready for that. And he says, try me, Beyonce. And Wong doesn't know about any one-name pop stars, so he gives him the blank look. And Doctor Strange says, you must know about her. She's a huge star. The scene then cuts to Doctor Strange uh, using his sling ring to just reach into the library behind Wong's back and start stealing or borrowing books from the library and the way he does it is he steals one book from Wong and the second book he steals it Wong kind of looks over his shoulder like what was that and while he's distracted Dr. Strange steals the book that Wong was reading while he had his earbuds in and he was listening to single ladies because we hear it uh through the earbud speakers that 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 was just funny it was one of the funniest moments in the movie I do like that uh Dr. Strange doesn't really ever finish his training He's uh, in the library looking up some, like, knowledge. They say earlier that nothing is forbidden, no knowledge is forbidden, but he starts messing with time, and apparently, like, the knowledge that that's a possibility isn't forbidden, but actually doing it is very, very much forbidden. 
And uh, as as Wong is trying to explain to him, like, you know, what it is that sorcerers exactly do, uh, these sanctums fall under attack. And Doctor Strange ends up going and getting into a huge battle with Mads Mikkelsen and his cronies in the New York Sanctum. I think one of the more inventive uh, combat scenes we've ever seen in the MCU is when Doctor Strange kind of stumbles into the Sanctum Santorium, and it's got all these goodies, all these little Easter egg nuggets for us MCU fans, uh, and it's full of strange artifacts, and we get the cloak that he wears. My favorite hero moment in the movie, uh, I'm going to have to go with the cape fighting Scott Adkins in the hallway of the Sanctum Santorum. I think that was a uh, Sanctum Sanctorum, not Santorum. Gross. Um, I, I think that was a great little sequence. Uh, the the cape that met, they found a way to take this very silly 1960s costume piece and not only make it work on a costume design level, but make it work as a character, which I thought was a really fun decision and a really cool way to go with it. And I think this was the moment that kind of solidified that. We have this unstoppable badass uh, fighting Doctor Strange who is not equipped and not ready to be taking on people of this level. And the cape just jumps in and intervenes and wraps the guy's head up and beats him up. And it's a it's a fun visual. It's a surprising little moment. And uh, I think the cape is a, is a real hero of this whole piece. And it's kind of got this Aladdin magic carpet vibe and it helps him in the fight and it's just this piece of cloth that's kind of badass and i think murders somebody i think it chokes someone out from memory it's a murderous cloak i mean what better item to have and what cooler action scene to have in a movie like this my favorite hero moment is during the action scene where Doctor Strange is having a fight on the astral plane with one of Cassilius's henchmen. And the way he finishes the guy off is through is through getting defibrillator jolts from Christine. Like a lot of things in this movie, it makes no sense, but it looks awesome because it's like somehow the defibrillator electricity goes onto the astral plane and he can just use the energy against him. And one of the many awesome VFX that we see in this movie, it's ridiculous. Oh man, there's a showdown between uh, Baron Mordo and uh, Doctor Strange and then Kaecilius and all of his uh, followers and they go into the spirit dimension and they are fighting across New York City that is it's it's fracturing and it's breaking apart and it's floating through the air and everything has this amazing like fractal unfolding pattern it's like Inception times 30 and it's really really cool to watch and you get kind of like portal vibes off of it because they're jumping through these little well through orange portals and they're uh, attacking each other through that they're not held up by any kind of earthly physics and I think it's just a really fun and a really well-staged action sequence. And, um, yeah, I think that's one of the best action sequences overall in the Marvel Universe. And it needs to be talked about more. There's the big fight happening in the Mirror Dimension um, with Doctor Strange and uh, a couple other people. And um, Doctor Strange is running and the city is, like, moving around and rotating. And um, he slams into the side of a bus and um, Stanley is sitting there in the bus reading a um, a book, and he's like, "Ha ha ha! That is hilarious!" And that's that's all you see.
the end of the battle for the New York Sanctum, the master of the Sanctum is dead, and Tilda Swinton, the Ancient One, puts Dr. Stephen Strange in charge, and he now is the master of the New York Sanctum. My favorite line of dialogue was a very, very simple little exchange between Doctor Strange and uh, the Ancient One, played by Tilda Swinton, and uh, and she basically just says that uh, it, the the line I'm going with, I'm going to cut it down to just, it's not about you. It's one of the last things the Ancient One tells him before uh, before she dies, and uh, it's a really powerful moment because even though all these changes that uh, Strange is going through and starting from an egotistical, you know, Doctor. He, he still has this very self-centered viewpoint. He's still looking for the best ways to... He's, he's not looking to improve the world so much as he's trying to get himself back on track. He's trying to fix his hands. He's trying to get his life back to a point where he doesn't feel helpless anymore. And I think he needed to hear that the world is bigger than him and the world is more important than him. And I also like that he doesn't just instantly absorb that message. I mean, the Doctor Strange we see in Avengers Infinity War is still kind of a dick and still kind of up his own uh, up his own ass a little bit. And he's constantly clashing with Tony because they've got both got these huge intellects and huge egos. Um, so he's not a perfect character, but I think this is something he wants to, he needs to hear and it's something he needs to keep in the back of his mind. And I think uh, it was very nicely done. But overall, I, I like this movie. I think it's a good, serviceable movie. It is different from all the others. If you ever listen to my old uh, podcast, The Comic Box, I was on there with Dr. Ray, I think, and we talked about Dr. Strange. He enjoyed how he had the two different bad guys, one he had to outfight and one he had to outthink, and how much he enjoyed the fact that they did that. Like, if you're going to put two bad guys in your movie, don't make me have to do, you know, slug it out with both of you. So the the addition of Dormammu and that whole other dimensional um, aspect to the Marvel Cinematic Universe that we have not explored yet, I thought was really interesting, and the idea of magic was really interesting. I do really love the end of this movie. It's a good movie throughout. It's got great action, but I absolutely love that the end of the movie isn't an action scene. The end of Doctor Strange is just Doctor Strange being a pain in the butt to a celestial god just manipulating time so over and over again he can show up and say Dormammu I've come to bargain and then get murdered we don't know how long this goes on for I'm guessing 63,000 years minimum 63,000 years that's what I'm gonna go with of Dormammu I've come to bargain and then he gets murdered and then he goes Dormammu I've come to bargain it's just very good it's very silly and it's very fun that this is a a weird way to beat the villain because of the rewinding slash looping slash wibbly wombly tiny wimey stuff that the whole scene revolves around the best villain moment in this has to be the showdown with dormammu at the end the endless infinite loop of uh, uh dr strange just dying over and over in an eternal loop fighting dormammu it's such a clever way to approach this uh they really ran with the multi-dimensional lines of thought uh, that goes behind this entire movie and this entire character, and I thought it was great. Apparently, Dan Harmon came in and did some punch-ups on that section, and you can really see it. It's got a real playful kind of way to wrap it up in a way that's satisfactory and uh, doesn't, you know, at this point, we're kind of burnt out on seeing gigantic hulking faces in the sky, so that doesn't terrify much anymore. 
and uh, watching somebody throw fireballs at it for eternity isn't very exciting. But watching the hero of the movie repeatedly die over and over for eternity until the villain gets tired of him uh, was a pretty novel way to approach that. I thought that was pretty great. With so many of the Marvel movies, our heroes end up just fighting another version of themselves. So it's nice to see a fight where our hero is so totally mismatched that he has to come up with a real creative solution to be victorious. My favorite dangling thread is probably the same dangling thread that everybody liked, which is the idea of Doctor Strange teaming up with Thor to find Odin. And it's also cool in that final scene how Doctor Strange keeps filling up Thor's beer. I like that little touch. Doctor Strange is a good movie. It's formulaic. It follows the beats that we expect from a Marvel movie through a lot of it. But I still really like it. I think it's really fun. I think it's funny. I think it has incredible visuals. I think it has cool action. And I, I like the character of Dr. Stephen Strange. Although I'll be honest, I like his character a lot more later on. When he shows up in Ragnarok and when we meet him again in Infinity War, that's where he really shines for me. But this first introduction for him, it's not bad at all. It gets a bad rap, but I think it's really pretty fun. I just wish they had somehow come up with a plot point that would let him keep his British accent because Benedict Cumberbatch doing an American accent just feels so wrong. I'm really excited to see what a Doctor Strange 2 might look like. As far as my favorite dangling thread, I wouldn't even say it's my favorite dangling thread. It's just the only dangling thread, and I'm curious to see what they do with it. The post credit sequence has uh, Mordo, as played by Chiwetel Ejiofor, uh, confronting Benjamin Bratt and kind of revealing his villainous intent. Uh, and I want to see this followed up on. Uh, I'm excited by the idea of Chiwetel Ejiofor playing a villain, and I think he's going to do a really great job with it. I take a little uh, issue with it just because I don't know if I 100% believe this whole uh, uh, 180 that Mordo has done. Like, as of the end of the movie of Doctor Strange, the last time we see him before the credits, he's not a villain yet. He's got some doubts. Uh, and something happened in between in those, like, six, seven minutes of credits. Uh, something very dramatic happened to Mordo. And... I'm really curious to see what happens with that. I'm curious to see how uh, uh, the director, Scott Derrickson, is able to bring that into the next fold. And I'm excited to see Chewie as a villain. I hope it's okay with him that I call him Chewie. It seems like Mordo is a little bit like Tony Stark in some of these movies in that he's so afraid of the dark world, he's willing to do anything to try to eradicate any manifestation of it in the world, and he doesn't care how that blows up in anybody's face. The most exciting dangling thread that this movie brings out is the fact that Chiwetel Ejiofor will be returning to go full-on Baron Mordo in the second film, and I'm super excited. Again, as, as a fantastic actor, and one of the higher caliber actors in the entirety of the MCU, I would love to see what he's got in store. I love the fact that it's a frenemy, which I think like the Spider-Man films in past have played on a lot, but we haven't seen done so much in the MCU, except for like maybe Bucky Barnes with being like Captain America's best friend or like very briefly Tony Stark's mentor uh, in the very first movie. But otherwise to see someone's past 
friend become their future enemy is always an exciting adventure. And again, Chiwetel Ejiofor, Scar in the new Lion King movie, if you're unaware, super exciting. I wouldn't put Doctor Strange into my top three non-serious movies like Guardians of the Galaxy, but it is still damn good. And Benedict Cumberbatch, I think my only real complaint of this film is I don't know why they didn't just let him keep his British accent. It was weird to hear him speak with an American accent. And you know what? Go watch Doctor Strange. It's well worth your time. It's way better than you think. And uh, Cumberbatch's accent isn't all that bad. Podcasters Assemble Probably is a production of the We Can Make This Work Probably podcast network. This episode edited and produced by me, Troidal Power. Find more of our shows at probablywork.com and learn how to join the initiative and contribute to future episodes of Podcasters Assemble probably by looking us up on Twitter as at Casters Assemble. Submissions are always open. Thank you to everyone who was able to contribute to this episode. Be sure to check the show notes for links to all the places you can find them online. Special thanks to executive producer Tyler Thornton for keeping this show on track. So Doctor Strange is a welcome addition to the MCU. And I can't wait for what else Bumblebee Candlestick, Butterscotch Caramel Frap, Benedict Cumberbatch, Benadryl Cumbledick has in store for us. Podcasters Assemble probably will return in... Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2. Liberté, égalité, Beyoncé. Yep, that's right. Robo Gonzalez is a member of the Bayhive. Now, if you'll excuse me, I've got to listen to Homecoming again. Yeah, <laughs> I